0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Well, they desperately needed that win yesterday, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I, like I was, I was walking from a press box to clubhouse. And I was kind of thinking to myself, it's hard to understate how important that Trey Turner home run was because if you get swept there, it's just that's that's not good. So mm-hmm. that was that was a massive hit and kind of t- turned the tide in the early season here in a way that I didn't really know they. They would have needed four or five days ago.
1: Jesse, were you shocked it made it over the fence because that wind was howling? It was tough for balls to get up all day, and he just barely snuck it over.
0: Yeah, he did it twice too, right? Like I guess line drives are a little easier to get through the wind there, but the um, I I think the higher one in the in the third inning is maybe more impressive. But I I could barely see it; the shadows were crazy yesterday. By the end of the game, and um, he he hit it, and I heard a roar and, and. I mean, kind of before you knew it, it was out because that thing was, was kind of a laser. But, yeah, it was surprising because he really just snuck it over there.
1: Did you get a sense from the guys going into the game that they felt like it was kind of – I mean, it's so dumb to say it three games into a 162-game season, but I know what we all mean here. It, there, there was sort of a must-win feeling about that game, especially the way it played out. Did the guys feel that going – did you sense that before the game?
0: I did, and I. it's, it's funny. I I think it's going to even out here. But with with the division opponents coming up, you know, starting out four in a row, and and sort of the way the first two games started, there was like a lot of like it was there was like a heavy tension yesterday at Nationals Park. Like there wasn't it wasn't like a, like I don't want to say like a playoff feel, but it felt like there was that kind of weight on every single pitch in a way that shouldn't really happen in March. But right. because the, I don't think the first two games really could have gone worse in a lot of ways because the Nationals simply just were. Bad at all the things they promised to be good at, um, and uh, and it just was a really really bad start to the year in that way. So I think I think they let, like they did feel that way because they had a lot to prove coming off those two games that like we're not this team. Because if you lose those games like four three and or or whatever it is, and, and and you play well and you hit well and. And you pitch well, and whatever. Like that's fine, but they were they were a lot of really bad signs that they had said they would have cleaned up from last season to this one, and they didn't. So I, I did feel that 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 game carried that meaning for them, in yeah, in a way, like you mentioned, probably shouldn't be the case, but they, they kind of sunk themselves into that hole right away.
2: On the bright side, you know, you know they've moved the pitcher into the eight hole, and Robles is is hitting nine, so they essentially have three consecutive leadoff hitters, and Robles is showing his pop. You know, hitting 455 in three games. Eaton's hitting the ball well. Turner obviously is hitting the ball well. So, you know, those three guys yesterday had what five, seven hits. They were seven for fourteen with five RBIs. So, they've got a little bit more balance there, certainly towards the bottom of the lineup. Um, You know, guys like Dozier even haven't got a hit yet. So, it's coming, and you know that's one of the positives of, of this team. It's got a different look. You don't have the big bopper, but you've got a lot of guys that can get on base.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think that's a potent like one-two-three punch there, like you mentioned. If you if you can flip the lineup with Robles, Eaton, and and Trey Turner going into Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto, I mean that's that's a, that's pretty dangerous. And and we and we've seen right away the early returns of having Robles in that nine spot. The six, seven, eight was pretty terrible for the Nationals all series. I mean, there's it's cool that Robles gets the leadoff innings, but it's also because that group isn't producing. So like there's a flip side to that. Um, but uh, I, I do think that. that 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 strategic move has has shown that you know Martinez is willing to evolve in in ways he wants to keep sort of a regular lineup this season so I think it's a look we'll see a lot and Victor Robles has responded and while there have been some growing pains with him he's also really you know immediately showing all that he can provide for this team while while also showing a a bit of what he can also detract
1: joined by Jesse Doherty beat reporter for the Washington Nationals for the Washington Post so um, let's talk about the bullpen. Last year, Jason dubbed it the poopy pen, and it's just not – it's definitely – look, it's three games, no big deal in the grand scheme of things, but it's a little troubling that they've struggled out of the gates.
0: Yeah, and, like, it, I, I would say it's not only a three-game sample size just because – uh, some of these issues were showing up in West Palm Beach, and I know spring training results are not something you should you should like really t- tag a team with. But Kyle Bearclaw's command wasn't great in Florida, and Trevor Rosenthal's command wasn't great in Florida. And Sean Doolittle, once he got over 20 pitches down in Florida, started to wane too and, and, and lose his command. So a lot of these things that we're seeing now have sort of been an issue over the last few weeks. They're not just oh, top into the season and these guys aren't pitching well. I mean, we, we, we saw this as a run up into the year that the bullpen depth. And the options after Doolittle with Rosenthal, Bearclaw, Wander Suero, Matt Grace, these guys weren't weren't clicking in a way the Nationals would like them to. But, um, of course, there is time to clean it up. Uh, Tony Sipp also got taxed for a bit yesterday, but he looked sharp the day before. So, I mean, I, I think it is the question mark with this team. I thought it was on Thursday going into opening day. I think it is even more so now. Trevor Rosenthal is really your key there. If he, if he doesn't clean this up and, and, and he's really lost his command and his and his stuff post Tommy John, he, you're counting on him to be your key eighth inning guy and, and kind of the key cog of this of this bullpen in bridge to closer Sean Doolittle. So, I, I the, the Rosenthal stuff is the most troubling to me, and and what the Nationals, I don't want to say have to cross their fingers about, but have to really hope cleans itself up here.
1: What is the traditional sort of thinking about guys coming back post Tommy John? We always know they sort of they they come back, you know, pretty darn strong. Um, but is is control typically something that they struggle with
0: initially? It's control and breaking pitches. Yeah, I, I'd say those are, those are the last things to come. You, yeah. your, your control comes with everything is, is a little slow, and then also the feel for your breaking pitches. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's surprising that he's pumping 97, 98 on the radar yeah. gun. But, uh, I, you know, when we saw that in spring training, everyone got a bit excited. But I think that was a bit premature because that's not what he's looking for. He's mm-hmm. not worried about how fast he can throw. And, and if he throws 96, 97 – He's he's fine because the way the way his his delivery is and his ball jumps on top of you no matter what. But he has to get a feel for his slider and just and and his uh, he has to be missing you know either on the corners or off the plate. And right now he's missing either you know on the corners or middle in, and it's just it's just not good enough right now.
1: And It's funny. Look, we were sitting in the outfield, so I don't have a great view of it, but you know they now they'll show the speed of every pitch. And and on Saturday he had a he pumped one 100 miles an hour. And then the next pitch, he mm-hmm. gave up a huge hit on something that was 83 miles an hour, whether it was slider, cutter, I don't know what it was. But you were talking yeah. about the breaking pitches, and that's where he got tagged.
0: Yeah, and I was really surprising, too, because um, just from an approach perspective, and I know you have sequences with guys before you go in, but J.D. Davis, that's the at-bat you're talking about, was nowhere close to his fastball. I mean, he looked right. like he looked silly on it. And then to come in with him in 83 and sort of bail him out with a pitch that maybe isn't up the top shape I thought was maybe not the best move there. So I think he has a lot to figure out, and he will have to change a bit as a pitcher if his breaking stuff is slow to come back, and that makes him more predictable and allows hitters to sit on stuff a little bit easier, and it's just not a good trickle effect. So uh, like I said, there's not, not great signs there, but of course a lot of time to clean it up.
2: So I think this division is going to be a brawl all the way to October, and uh, you probably agree. You know, you saw, you saw what the Phillies mm-hmm. did sweeping the Braves. Even the Marlins split a four-game series against a pretty good Rockies team um and we saw what happened here. So now you got Philly coming to town tomorrow for a, a quick yeah. two gamer. a quick two gamer and Bryce coming to town. What what's your um your thoughts on the series? What are your expectations on just kind of the reaction to to Bryce and then um you know, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? How do you think they they approach him?
0: Yeah, I think my thoughts on the series, I mean, it's we talk about the bullpen, not to not to avoid Bryce right away, but I mean, there's no breaks in this Phillies lineup. So if you want to test for your bullpen that was in battle coming out of your first weekend, there's no better measuring stick than a team like the Phillies that one through eight that you're gonna ha- you're gonna be you know challenged from the start. So I'd say that group's gonna have to clean it up right away and and, and get going here and kind of snap out of this early season funk. And then and then with Bryce, I mean, I expect it to be. Um, in electric atmosphere. I think Philadelphia is going to bust down all their fans, and it's going to be a really weird, odd mix of noises when Bryce is introduced. We probably won't be able to decipher if it was a boo or a cheer or whatever. And I'm sure we'll talk about it forever. Um, but uh, I also think, in terms of approaching him, like Max Scherzer is not going to back down. There's no picking around Bryce Harper. I also think if you have a base open in at any, in any point of the game and he's up, I mean, you're, you're silly to give him exactly what he wants and go right at him. I think you pick around him a bit and work the corners and see if you can get him to chase something. Um, and I think that's any team's approach. I don't think the Nationals are going to reinvent the wheel with him. And I don't think there's any big secrets that you've seen him for the last seven years. I think he's a great hitter. Um, he has his flaws. They, they know them, but everyone else knows them too. There's so much video and analytics that it'd be kind of silly to think that the Nationals have some great advantage on Bryce. So um, I, I think it will be – status quo in terms of how they approach him uh, with how rest, the rest of baseball does and it's just going to feel like there's so much more weight on it. obviously given all the applications.
2: i got to say this I expected him to get off to a slow start just considering he missed so much time yeah. um, obviously I was wrong I didn't, he, he
1: dominates yeah. April.
2: Yeah, I mean I was wrong. I was wrong on that. He's he's locked in
0: already yeah, He's Mr. March Right? That's Right, um, right but, um, but he, yeah, I mean he's, he's barreling, like when you see his exit velocity what it was this weekend, they were just like spiking like crazy. I mean, you know he's He's barreling balls up, and he's, he has a really good feel for where his swing is. So that's – I mean, la- the beginning of last season was all that he needed, swing tweaks, and he wasn't hitting the ball in the, from the spot where he wanted to, and it's just um, – a lot, a lot of stuff was going on in there. So I think his swing's dialed in, and, and it's um, it's probably a testament to the fact that he wasn't he wasn't just hit, sitting at home while waiting for his throw in the ring for Philadelphia. He probably was doing some work this offseason, too. Yeah.
2: Who's the pitching – I know Max is pitching tomorrow. Who's he pitching against?
0: Um, Max Matt is pitching against Zach Elfing, and then the, – and then the Nationals will face Aaron Noah on, on Wednesday. So it kind of would have been cool to see Noah Scherzer, and Ed Harper in the same first night. But I guess we
2: can't ask for everything, right? And Elfin has not pitched yet this year. Yeah, no, he's not. Okay, all right.
1: You know, Jason mentioned with the uh, with the bullpen struggles. Uh, what what are the options potentially are out there for them if they wanted to make some early moves? Do they does this intensify? He, does Jason throw out there like a, a Kimbrel conversation, or what? What where do you think they stand with some of this stuff?
0: I don't think it does yet. I think the first thing it does is maybe have the Nationals look internally at, at a few of their a few of their options. I mean, you have Wander Suero and Kyle Bear have minor league options. I'm not I'm not saying those guys are being sent down, but but you do have right. an opportunity if they're not pitching well to look into your organization and say, is there any new look here we can give? Is there a new? Is there something we don't have? Like the first thing that comes to mind for me is a guy like Austin Williams who retired 22 of the 24 hitters he faced in the spring and has great swing and missed stuff and. I look at the bullpen right now, and if you have a, base, a first and third jam in the seventh, I don't know who the guy is who comes in. And you can say they're not going to touch his stuff. They might walk, but they're not going to touch what he's throwing. Austin Williams throws mid nineties with this with a really you know the biting curveball that, that disappears into dirt, and he's a little wild, but he could provide with you that swing and miss reliever that a lot of teams need to get through certain jams. I'm not sure this group has that, so maybe the first step for them if when they consider a sort of um you know shifting things around is to say what do we have internally that we could maybe give a different look and and get a guy and maybe snap a guy into it by saying go down to the Myers and figure this out next time you come back start getting outs. So, i mean there's there's a lot of ways we <laughs> can do this without without you know hitting the panic button and and showing out for kerry kimball that said is a is a midseason trade on the horizon for a Kelvin Herrera type. I mean, you could probably already project that that's going to be something that's being considered if this team thinks they're in contention and want to take the next step just because any team can use a reliever at mid-season. Um, but I don't, think it's, I don't think it's right now.
1: We get it. Attention spans
0: just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?